is away and Garrett says no fair catch and he's going to return and he's got some room 30 35 40 Garrett to the outside midfield he is going to go Eric Garrett to the 20 10 touchdown Louisiana no flags on the play that's going to go back 88 yards welcome back into the great Scott show on a Tuesday Hope everyone had a great Labor Day. Uh, joining us now, as he does every Monday during the college football season, except this week. Technically, though, we're recording this on Monday morning. We're sticking to the script. He's sticking to his schedule. And uh, that is Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desimo. Good morning, coach. How you feeling this week? I'm, I'm feeling good, Scott. Good morning, man. Thank you for uh, thanks for, for recording me on, on a Monday anyway. I know... Uh, kind of messed up your schedule i appreciate you helping me out with that no it's all good man i'm happy to do it and uh, we love having you on every week getting your thoughts on on the game that was and i guess fill in the blank for me for this first one the number one lasting impression from game one of the rage occasion football season was blank um effort you know i, I think you know whenever you turn on the tape I, I think our kids play with the effort that we wanted um you know, it was. We wanted to go out there. We wanted to play really fast. We wanted to fly up and down the field. We wanted our guys to play with an effort that, you know, there were no no loafs on tape. None of that stuff showed up. And you know, we, you turn on the tape and and they played really hard. You know, not perfect all the time. Certainly, uh, you know, certainly a lot of things that we've got to continue to improve on. Um, but I mean, we knew that was going to be the case. So I, I was really proud of those guys. When it comes to, to watching the tape in a normal work week, does that just come the, the morning after a game? Um, well, you know, typically most of us watch it that night, um, which I watched it, you know, after the game. I watched it that night, and then I watched it again the next day just to, you know, got to kind of go through and just make sure you see everything that, you know, nothing slips by you. Um, so, yeah, I usually watch it, you know, two or three times before, you know, before we – finish up with it and move on to the next one your your first win at Cajun Field as head coach now uh, you've consistently said look it's not about me and I get it but being the son of a program you're coaching it creates things that wouldn't be there if you weren't for example you know a ton of your former teammates showed up Saturday to support you in the program you know little things like that I know this won't be the kind of question or storyline rather that is going to follow you throughout your career but since it was the first one at Cajun Field, I, I think it's worth worth asking. How did that make you feel having all those guys there? It was unbelievable. Um, you know, sometimes those things, you know, obviously, you know, you, you try to downplay it a little bit because you really don't want it to be about you. You know, I mean, I've had, I've had my moment, I've had my my opportunities, and um, I really want it to be about these kids. But uh, you know, whenever I kind of whenever I came down and you know, just kind of just the thoughts, you know, run through your head a little bit about all the things, you know, it takes to get to this point. And then after the game, I mean, when I tell you I was, I mean, I was shocked. I just couldn't believe, couldn't believe those guys that showed up, you know, to be there. I mean, former students and players that I've coached in the past, 
whether it be high school, college, you know, whatever, it was, uh, you know, I don't know, it just, it just, it means a lot, you know, whenever people go out of their way to do something just to show you very subtly that, you know, they're supporting you and, and those guys being there, man, that was, truthfully, I, I just, I was, I was shocked, you know, I just, I guess would have never expected it and, um, you know, really was touched by it. One other note from that, and then I'll, I'll get back to the game. I know afterwards you were taking a picture with uh, young Cal McGuire. Um, he was yeah. wearing number eight. He was tossing the ball around with Michael Jefferson, who's number eight. And for those that don't know, Cal is the son of uh, the late Brad McGuire, who was a former teammate of yours, a quarterback, a fullback, a team captain that, that tragically passed away a few months ago in a car accident. Those are the kind of moments, Coach, that um, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to put into words and I guess people that maybe aren't into sports or have never played or, or just never been around it might not understand, but those are the kind of moments that you just, it makes you realize that things are, are bigger than sports and yet sports has a place in sort of elevating those things, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think, you know, I think sports can bring out the good that's out there, you know, if you let it, um, you know, Brad McGuire was a guy that just meant a lot to to so many of us. You know, I mean, he was he was just an unbelievable teammate in person and competitor. And um, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I have kids too. They're they're you know not much older than Cal, and you know, just to think that you know, just to think of the dad that that kid is, you know, unfortunately missing out on. You know, um, I just you know, it just it it kind of crushes you to think about it because Brad you know, as good of a person and a human as he, as he was, I mean, I mean, that kid, you know, now he's got greatness inside of him and Heidi, his mom is awesome. I remember her, you know, when we were in college, she's great too. Um, but it just kind of, it kind of breaks your heart to think about, you know, the things that he's going to be missing because, uh, you know, Brad was as good as it gets, you know, and that's, uh, that's, that's a tough deal for sure. But, uh, I was, I was happy to get to meet him. Um, I thought it was awesome that Heidi brought him. And, you know, certainly, you know, you watch Michael throwing the ball with him. And, you know, again, I say it all the time, this place is special because of the people here. And a guy like MJ, you know, that's what you see. He he didn't, probably had no idea the significance of what he did, and but did it anyway. Coach Michael Desimo, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. You said after the game about your team, you know, all they've heard about is that we've lost too much to keep going and, you know, they've heard about who's not here. Um, you know, there were plenty of familiar faces that have been there for quite a long time that were major parts of the win, whether it be a Johnny Lumpkin, whether it be a guy that I asked you about last week during this segment, Eric Gare, you know, a guy that's constantly overlooked and has been one of the better players on the team year after year now. Um, I'll ask you about newcomers in a minute, but as far as some of those guys that have sort of bled and sweat with the program for a number of years now they stepped up big time for you on saturday night they did and that's what you, that's what you need you know um you need those older guys to kind of carry the load and kind of uh you know really you need them to step their game up to to the point where the young guys have time to figure it out and to get to where they're playing comfortably and playing well and and then uh and, and then you kind of hit your stride and then kind of get your own thing going. So I think that was awesome, um, you know, to have guys like Eric and Johnny and, I mean, shoot, a number of older guys that played really well for us. That's that's, that's really – that's what we needed. Um, 
and we need them can, to continue to play at a high level because, you know, that's the thing that we felt like this team was really talented, you know, even the young guys, and I still feel that way. I, actually, I know that now after you see it on tape and you go through fall camp, but they're going to they're gonna need some time to be able to get to where they're consistently playing the way you want them to play, and they're, uh, you know, that's just the way that it works. So having those guys step their game up and play really good, that was that was huge, and it was something that, that you know, I expected them to play well, but it was certainly something that we needed. You know, two older players, two leaders, one that never stops talking to Johnny Lumpkin, another who isn't the most talkative in Eric Gehrer, but, um, you know, is leading, you know, by the way he plays. When it comes to quarterback play, starting with Chandler Fields, your starter, um, how would you assess him, you know, as a vocal leader for the team? Um, and and what's what's that element of his game like? Some quarterbacks, they they come through the program, they they talk a lot, and by talk a lot, I just mean on the field, right, and and just sure. in general. And then others like Terrence Broadway, they come through the program. They're more a little more reserved in terms of how verbal they are. Where, where's Chandler Fields on that list? Chandler's Chandler's not real verbal. Um, you know, I mean, he it's just kind of not his thing. You know, I mean, he he's a he's a lead by example guy. He goes out there and he competes, and he's got a confidence about him that the players know. Um, you know, they, they, they know that he's got kind of this unwavering confidence, which I think um, they love, you know. But, uh, you know, he doesn't say a whole lot. He's just kind of about his business. And I think um, our team, I think it's good for our team, you know, because offensively, you know, we don't have a lot of guys that are, that are really very vocal in the leadership arena. You know, Johnny certainly is. Um, Chris Smith can be um, when, when he needs to be. But most of them are really – very businesslike, you know, kind of go about their business and go do it. And uh, and Chandler, I think it's that's a little bit more his area. Um, now he's not he's not afraid to get up there and say something that needs to be said. But you know, really, he just we've got a good leadership group, and he just kind of takes care of himself and plays with confidence, and it seems to seems seems to work pretty good for the person anyway. After watching the film, how would you assess his play in game one? I thought he played well. You know, he. Uh, you know, one of the sacks really was uh, one of the sacks I felt like was kind of our fault, you know, preparation-wise. We, you know, gave him that look a while back, and I kind of thought that it was that he would see it the same way on the, on a, as, as we coach on a different play, but but he didn't. So that's on that's on me to, to prepare him better for that. Um, you know, and really I thought Chandler played well. I thought he, he took care of the football. He put it in good spots. Um, you know, like anybody, I mean, he missed a couple of throws, but I mean, that's, that's the nature of the game. You know, when you, when you throw the football, you're going to miss some throws. So he, um, you know, I thought Chandler played really well, Thought he handled himself well, uh, you know, just like, you know, really the, the kind of player that he is, you know, doesn't matter if things are going great or things are not going that great. I mean, he just kind of, He's plugging away, you know. That's kind of that's kind of his deal a little bit. So um, he played really well, I thought, for us. Certainly, there's a lot for us to improve on, um, you know, and things that we need to do better. But I think he showed that, you know, he can go out there, he can handle that stage, um, and then on top of that, you know, he can really he can really make plays that are going to help this team win. Um, you know, some of those throws that he made, you know, that first one he threw to Johnny was 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 pretty was yeah. a big time throw. Yeah, laser shot there. Um, ben Woldrich, he got a number of series as well. Uh, after watching the film, how about his performance? 
I thought Ben played pretty well as well, you know, pretty well too. You know, I think uh, the plan for us was to give Ben two to three series, um, you know, every week and kind of go with it that way. So Ben got three series, which was, which ended up working out perfect, uh, you know, for us. And I think it was really good for him to get in there and get to play. And, you know, like I said before, I just, I just really believe that in the long run for our team, I think if something were to happen to Chandler, we'd be doing our team a disservice if Ben didn't get to play some right now. And, you know, I mean, I think if you watch the tape, if you watch the game, you'd say, well, man, they're both pretty good quarterbacks. And it's like, yeah, you know, we knew that from the beginning. But, you know, we, we made the decision because Chandler does some things down the field that, give us a better chance to win and, you know, still feel that way after you watch the tape, you know, I mean, it was not a quarterback controversy thing. It was the plan was to give him three series. So that's the way we did it. And, um, you know, he played well, he missed a couple throws in there as well, you know, had his eyes in the wrong spot on a couple of them, but, you know, it's part of playing the position when you play, played enough, you're going to make mistakes. You've got to keep moving. And I thought he didn't, neither of them did anything that was critical to us, you know, winning or losing the game. And I think for that, I think they need to continue to control the ball in that manner. Um, if anything, the only thing that they do is give you a better opportunity to win by putting the ball in good places and making good decisions. And so, you know, um, if we can get our quarterbacks to play that well or better, hopefully, right throughout the year, then I think we'll have a, we'll have a chance to win a bunch of games. You, you mentioned every uh, – you wanted to give them three series. I think during the game it was maybe every third series. Uh, that's just the way it played out. Is that right. – the same plan moving forward? Is it just a, a, an overall number going into a game? Is it every third series, I guess? And and is it is it kind of up in the air? Is that a decision you guys have to make each week? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of up in the air a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think early in the year, though, I would like him to get, you know, two to three series. I think, you know, if we play another game that kind of has that weird flow, it might not be three series. It might be two. You know, I mean, because we kind of had that lull in the middle there, you know, in the second quarter, they, we go down, we kick a field goal, they drive, we stop and they punt, we return it for a touchdown, then they go on a long drive again, and then we don't get the ball back till right before half, that was our third drive in the first half, we only had three drives, so he played that drive, and in the third quarter, we kind of struggled to find a little bit of rhythm, you know, right after halftime, so... You know, we didn't have as many possessions as, as you'll normally have. You didn't have as much flow. So, you know, another game like that, maybe it's two series instead of three. Uh, but, you know, I definitely wanted to get him three in the first game. And um, I'm glad that it worked out that way. But, you know, every week's a little different. And that's just the way that it is, you know. You mentioned uh, the lull that, you know, you had two good drives, the punt return, and then the next drive seemed to be going well, a couple of, of solid runs in there and then you know a couple of short runs and got turned away on fourth down inside your 10 um that momentum that it felt like I, I is that did it carry over into the third quarter or what do you think is that just natural part of the game you mentioned the lull in the third quarter like what do you attribute most to that before you guys were able to you know put together that th- those points later in the fourth yeah you know i think a couple things play into it um you know, we had, a, like you said, it was a really good drive. We're moving the ball down the field. You know, Ben hit a uh, hit an, another explosive throw down the field. We had some runs that were kind of popping off. And then, uh, you know, my, my in my mind it was, you know, we're moving the ball really well. 
let's try to capture this momentum right now going before half. We get the ball right after, um, you know, and felt like we were moving the ball at a good, pretty good clip and felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it. Uh, and then we come up short, you know, so certainly um, that was a bad play call on my part. I, I knew should have changed it, uh, did not. But, you know, we don't get it. So we go into halftime and in your mind you're still thinking, well, we'll come out in the second half. We still get the ball. Um, and, you know, a little bit of it was, you know, just our breakdown and kind of the way that we thought they were going to play the game. In the second half, they changed defensively. They they started pressure on down in distances that they normally didn't. And um, it took took us two drives to – well, it took us really a drive to figure it out. And then the second drive, started moving the ball a little bit. Then we missed um, – kind of got behind the sticks a little bit in that second possession in the third quarter. So it just took us a little while to kind of get it going um, in that – in that third quarter. And I think part of it was, was certainly, you know, missed a little momentum. Um, we hadn't played in a while, you know, had the, had halftime, the whole deal. And then you go three and out right off the jump um, in the third quarter. So it just takes a little while to kind of get it back and get back in rhythm. And, you know, we did move the ball well at times, um, but you got to finish in the red zone. You know, you got to finish drives. You got to score touchdowns. You can't kick field goals and all those things, you know, all those things play into the game, and you know it's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good opportunities to learn. Um, there were a lot of things for us to go through the tape and say, "Hey, look, you know, we have a chance to be a really good team, and when we're playing well and doing the right stuff. You know, we're moving like this, and you know, but at the end of the day, really good teams they they finish games when it's time to finish games, and you know, we want to be a really good team. We want to we want to have a great team this year." Um, but there's a lot of learning experiences in there that you can say, well, you know, we, we got we to gotta keep improving if that's the team that we want to be. And you certainly got to play four quarters. You can't go three, you know, can't play three out of the four or two out of the four. You got you to gotta play a full game if you really want to be good. And, you know, the third quarter is something that I think for us, you know, we got to find a way to start and reset that tempo in the second half and, and try to, you know, keep keep the momentum building, I guess, into the fourth. Louisiana victorious in game one, 24 to seven. The final we're visiting with Rage Cajun head coach, Michael Desermo. Um, I want to circle back La- last quarterback question, but I'm kind of tying it into the things you were talking about offensively. Um, it, it, as a play caller, you know, coach Leger has pointed out that, that Woldridge and Chandler have pretty similar skill sets, few small differences, right? But as the play caller uh, yourself, does, does it change at all based on on who's in the game? Is it if so, is it just a small change? Like what what happens um, for you whenever you know another quarterback enters the game in terms of play calling? I mean, really, you know, the only thing that I that I called a little bit differently was that uh, I went through with them and, and got their third down calls. You know that they that they liked and ranked them and put them in order. So. I had that written on my call sheet kind of, you know, had Ben, uh, had Chandler certainly, you know, Chandler's were all written down. And then I had Ben's marked on the side um, just so that I knew whenever Ben was in there, if we had third downs, what were the plays he was most comfortable with? Um, you know, obviously I liked them all. That's why they're on the call sheet. But, uh, sure. you know, you, the kids have to feel good about what you're calling in those situations. So that was just the only difference. Um, you know, really every play that we had, you know, in the call sheet, you know, was open for all of them. Um, sometimes some of the shot plays, um, you know, I try to figure out which shot plays they like the most, um, you know, and then the the one that, you know, that, or, you know, we had one designed for MJ that, you know, Chandler really liked and Ben, you know, didn't like. We'd already tried with Chandler. We just missed the throw. But 
Um, so there was just a couple of things like that, just kind of some preference stuff in the past game that I try to get with them and, and see kind of where their comfort level is with some of it. And certainly you don't want to call something that they don't see well or they don't feel good about. And, um, you know, that, that's really the only difference. Coach, after watching the film uh, from a run game standpoint, how would you assess your run blocking in game one? Um, you know, really in the run game, I mean, there was, it's kind of like, it's kind of like everything, right? You know, there are times where you look at it and you're like, wow, you know, these guys really have done a good job. You know, we're, we're really moving the ball. We're, we're doing some really good things. You know, we got to go in the right direction. And there's times where, you know, it's one guy here or there. Um, and that's the nature of playing offensive line. You know, all five guys have to move as one. They have to all be in sync and they've really got to all, they got to all be on the same page constantly. And, you know, one guy that's too thick on a double team or too thin on a double team or misses with his inside hand or whatever the case may be. Um, and then, you know, you've got a play that's, you know, like I said, it's six inches of hand placement away from being an explosive run to, you know, plus one. And, you know, that's the nature of it. But I, overall, I thought those guys did a really good job. Um, you know, certainly there there were some things that, you know, technique stuff that we've talked about that, that we got to continue to work on and, you know, getting the second step in the ground and, you know, playing low to high and all those good things. But, you know, there's a, a lot of good stuff on that tape in the run game as well. And I think for us up front, the more that that unit continues to play together and mature together and continues to get those game day reps together, um, you know, that, that group will be just fine. I thought they played really well. On the defensive side of things, and I know you, you spoke about it afterwards uh, to Cody Juno, and then again in the press conference, but uh, Lamar Morgan, no stranger to the program like you, played here, had coached here before, but last year wasn't on the staff, but you bring him back as the D.C. You said you had no no doubts, you know, he understood the culture. Uh, how would you grade his, his first game as the D.C. and just the defense overall in game one? I thought those guys did a really good job. They had a great plan. Um, you know, they knew that. You know, look, we we've got we've got a good we've got a good defense. You know, on that side of the ball, and they knew that. And so, you know, I think sometimes as a coach, you know, the challenge is is not to make it about yourself and try to overdo it. You know, um, and I think Coach Morgan and, and the staff they did a great job. You know, they kept it they kept the call simple for our players. Um, and truthfully, you know, Southeastern with as many different personnel groupings and, and formations and sets as they run, that complicates things enough. Um, so I thought it was a really good plan by them to say, hey, let's simplify, let's eliminate some of these calls because we're going to have to adjust it all out anyway. Um, and let's let's just let these guys go play. Um, so I thought they did an excellent job. You know, we had some substitution issues in there that we talked about a little bit. Uh, you know, we got to we got to get we got to get that cleaned up a little bit because especially, you know, with tempo and all that stuff, you're going to have that. Um, and as people, you know, people watch tape, as they see you have substitution issues, that's what they're going to say. Oh, well, they, they can't get lined up. So, um, you know, that was the one thing that kind of showed up. I think the mistakes that we made, you know, they had the long pass, they got called back. Um, it was just a communication issue. You know, we had some young guys on the back end and, uh, they didn't communicate the, you know, the, the, the kick call. They had to kick coverage around the other way, and, and one of them didn't get it. And that's, you know, that's kind of what happens on defense, right? You can have ten of them doing it exactly right, and you know, all of a sudden one of them's on the, on on a different page, and it's a touchdown. So, um, 
I thought they did a fantastic job. They played 29 players on defense. Um, a bunch of those young guys got experience that they needed to get, and it's going to help us in the long run. Um, so, you know, really proud of, of Coach Morgan and our defensive staff. Um, they've done just a, a really, really good job with, uh, with these young players that are going to be significant contributors for us this year. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, Coach Michael Desimo on with us this morning, typically every Monday. He and I are recording this on Monday, but due to the Labor Day holiday, it is airing on Tuesday morning. Um, so with that, being that it's Tuesday, we're not too far away from the next game. Eastern Michigan, uh, they got a win in their season opener against Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, I look at, 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 at this game, Coach, and it's at home, national TV, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Longest active win streak in the country, highest winning percentage the past three seasons, you know, conference champs, four-time division champs. I mean, you guys have the skins on the wall as far as success goes in recent years. And being a nationally televised crowd, I know, um, you know, you guys are, are you're calling on the fans. You have your hardcore, your diehards that show up. But uh, I know for Saturday night, as appreciative as you were, for all the fans that showed up in the opener, um, you guys are always going to be calling on the community and, and calling for more people to come out. And I think this Saturday night, again, nationally televised, um, you know, at home again, a lot of success coming into it. This is one that I know, you know, let me ask you this, Coach, as I'm rambling here. As a former player and as a coach and and this particular team that, that's yours, what, what element does uh, uh, an active, loud, big crowd add, you know, aside from the obvious, well, there's more noise or there's this, but maybe take us inside, right? Inside the program as a former player and as a current coach, what's something that maybe the common fan wouldn't understand that, okay, the fans also make an impact in this way. You know, it's, it's, I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it, but it's just the roar of the crowd. Like whenever, when it's in a critical moment, and it's your crowd, and it's just they come to life, and the noise just kind of rises up at the right time, and you just kind of feel it in your gut, and you just know that that you got you know thirty thousand people right there behind you, and that they're you know they're in it with you, and they're they're locked into what's going on. It's just a feeling that it's hard to it's hard to describe, but you can just feel it in your gut. And I mean, it just kind of runs through your veins a little bit, and. Um, you know, our crowd makes a huge difference for us, you know, and, you know, man, the weather stunk on Saturday, you know, it rained the whole time. I know the, I've been in the tailgate scene out there. I'm sure that we had some people that were, that were mourning the loss of a, a tailgate day. Uh, but uh, I thought, you know, I thought we had a really good crowd and they were, they were active and they were into it. And uh, the student section I thought was really good. And, you know, I think, you know, it's like anything, man. The crowd, you, you want, shoot, you, you, there's never enough, right? If you can put one more person in there, you're always trying to do it. But, um, no, our, our fans are, are fantastic. And I think for us, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to be on, on national television um, on a Saturday night um, against a team that, you know, in Eastern Michigan that, you know, they were in a bowl game last year. I mean, they've, they've the last few years, they've really got that program turned around. They've won a bunch of games. So, you know, you got a team coming in out of the MAC. I think it's another group of five conference. Those games are always really important, right, whenever you start talking about the long term. And um, I think when we play those crossover games and the bowl games, people get fired up about it. But this is just a, a regular season crossover matchup. So, you know, for us, for a, for a lot of reasons, this game's really important. And, um, 
and man, you know, Scott, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll beg and plead whatever I got to do because I, our fans make a difference, you know, and Saturday night was amazing. So, um, you know, the more the merrier, man, the more people we can get in there cheering on this team. Um, these kids deserve it. You know, they do things the right way. They play the right way. And, you know, I think they're going to come in. They're going to see, see us play, the, play, play another quality opponent right here. And I think, you know, like I said, in the group of five landscape, it's a big deal to play these crossover games. Last football question for you this morning, Coach. Was there anything you learned about your team over the last week in, in game one, week one, that you didn't know before or any maybe questions that you wanted answered that were answered or uh, did nothing surprise you? Was it kind of, you know, I, I, I know my team. Well, you know, hopefully I played it kind of cool leading up to it. But, uh, I mean, no, hell, you never know till you know. You know, uh, you you think you think that you got a good pulse for it. Um, but, the you know, the, the, the 48 hours leading up to that game, in your head you start playing through all the things that could go wrong, right? And you start thinking about, you know, how many young guys that you got that are going to be playing for the first time and doing all these things. And you start, you know, you kind of start to say, oh, man. You know, we uh, you know, where are we really at? And uh, so for me, I think just to see them go out there and play, I was proud. Just you know, I think every team has its own has its own like identity. Um, and even though a lot of these guys have been here for for a long time, right? You know, we've got we've got a significant number of them that have played on this played on winning teams and won a lot of games here. Um, this team is going to have its own identity and. You know, I mean, I certainly, you know, I love the way we've played ball here the last four years, and that's what you want. And to see them go out there and play with that same intensity and see them play with that same chip on their shoulder and same effort and same toughness, that's what I wanted to see. Like, you know, I mean, you know, people talk about it being my team or, or what have you. We were all, we all built this thing, and Coach Napier built it, I mean, built it the right way. and we played the game the right way. I want, I want my team, quote unquote, I want our team to play the same way. You know, that, that's the reason we won is because our kids are tough. They're smart. They never give up. And they're, you're going to have to match their intensity for 60 minutes or however long it takes. And that's the name of the game is to find a way to win. That's the most important quality of the team. And we've done that really well the last four years. So all the other things, you know, We'll figure that out. We'll get better at some of those things. But I saw all the intangibles and the qualities that we need in the team to win games, and that's that's what I was hoping to see. Last thing, Coach, and it's, it is it is tied into to football and coaching, but maybe not the game that you guys just played or what's coming up against Eastern Michigan. I've heard college football coaches, high school, NFL, coaches in general talk about, uh, man, after a game, you know, I once – once we, we completed everything and I was finally getting ready to leave, I, I got my phone and I had all these text messages, right? You hear that a lot. I imagine depending on the game and this, you know, is it a bowl game? Is it a conference championship? It is a regular season, whatever. So obviously some games you're going to get more text than others, but what, what is, what is coach Desimo's phone like when he's finally leaving either Cajun field or, or finally getting off, you know, or onto the plane from a road game? Do you get, Many texts, whether whether it be from family or, or or former coaches or teammates. I do, and um, you know, I, I think it's it's it, it just it's humbling the people that that think about you, you know, and take the time out of their day to to send you a text. And I mean, 
yeah, you know, after the game, it, it's a little bit overwhelming maybe at first, but but I really do appreciate it, and I and I respond to all of them because, um, you know, someone took the time out of their day to to think about me and send me a message, and so, you know, it, it's pretty cool because it's everything, right? It's from family, you know, that I talk to all the time to, uh, you know, friends that I talk to all the time to players that I coached in high school years ago to you know, former college coaches, uh, you know, I mean, Coach Bustle and Coach Phillips. I mean, when I got in my office and I pulled my phone out of my desk, you know, had texts from those guys, um, you know, colleagues, you know, guys that are at other schools that, you know, that, that it, it just it just means a lot, you know, that, that people think about you because I know there were a lot of football games that, that were played on Saturday. And, um, you know, it, it's just when people take the time to do that for you, you just – you know, you just feel really grateful that you have people that care about what you're doing and care about you enough to do that. So I was I was very grateful for it. Rage Occasion head football coach Michael Desimo has been our guest. Louisiana, 14 wins straight. They're going for 15. and uh, But for this team, they're going for a 2-0 start, and they're at home this Saturday night, 6 o'clock against Eastern Michigan. Uh, and, Coach, appreciate you uh, chatting with us this week. For those that – uh, are listening. He and I recorded this on Monday, and uh, next Monday we'll be back to doing it live, but airing on Tuesday. Uh, Coach, I'll let you get back to work, man. We always appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and talk to me, talk to the listeners, and, and talk to the fan base. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you guys.